North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Dr. Lowe's show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. So great to have you. Thanks for joining me for another episode. The seasons are changing. I'm actually recording this on day one of fall. So by the time you get this, it'll be nicely into the fall season. I'm actually looking forward to wearing some boots. Um, I love wearing boots and all the fashion that comes with the fall. Still trying to figure out my Halloween costume. Not totally sure. I have some cool ideas, but still thinking through it. One thing I'm extremely excited about is I am now in the process of creating my very first online program. I know it's been like six years of having this podcast and haven't had anything launched just yet, but it's because I've been really thinking of what I want to put out there in the world. What am I seeing a lot in my practice and getting a lot of experience around that I would want to create for people all over the world to participate in. And so I have decided I'm creating an online fertility course. It's a six week program and it's called Golden Eggs Fertility. I know, how cute is the name? Um, And really working hard getting all the content done and putting into um, this program what I use for my patients all the time. And I never planned on focusing on fertility really. I never really planned on treating pregnancy, but What I was finding is that the more that I was implementing my protocols with my patients, they were getting pregnant a lot, (laughs) not even really trying to. So I'm a firm believer that the healthier you get, the more fertile you get. And, um, and there's so many things that can be done from a naturopathic perspective to increase fertility, to optimize your fertility to where once you're ready to have a baby, it's a lot easier to become pregnant and it's easier to sustain a healthy pregnancy and to transition into healthy motherhood. Um, cause having a baby can be taxing to the body. And so being in tip top shape and getting detox properly, getting your hormones balanced, getting your nutrients to an optimal perspective, that's going to help the body just work better. And fertility is a natural side effect of that. So I'm really, really excited to bring this to you guys. I am um, finishing up the content, but I just am opening up the waitlist page. So you can be the very first to hear about when I launch. And so check that out over at Golden Eggs fertility.com golden you can enter the um the wait list and you'll be the first to know when that launches and you'll definitely get some exclusive bonuses and just some great resources i'll be sending over in the meantime until the launch happens all right so um tonight's episode 
course, giving some love to our show sponsor, Organifi. This episode is brought to you by Organifi, and this is my favorite, favorite green drink. And, and one of the reasons why, as I've said, is because it contains ashwagandha. So one of the other benefits that ashwagandha does is that it lowers cortisol by at least 28%. So cortisol is that fat storing hormone. Um, it's, it's supposed to be there to deal your, help your body deal with stress, but unfortunately, it runs unchecked a lot. And so we're in a very stressful world. The more cortisol stays high, the harder it is to burn fat, to lose weight, and really just to heal the body. So that's why I just love Organifi for so many patients and highly, highly recommend it. So if you haven't tried Organifi, what are you doing? It's time to start drinking a green drink. And you can get yours over at Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. At checkout, enter Dr. Lowe, and you will get 20% off your order. And that also applies to anything else on their website like the turmeric, probiotics, their protein powder. So if you wanted to really get a healthy concoction in the morning, get your smoothie on, I highly recommend these products. So check them out, Organifi.com and then Dr. Lowe at checkout. All right, let's jump into tonight's show. I hope you enjoy. I am so excited for my guest on the show. We have Drew Manning and it's kind of a funny story. Um, I actually got him mixed up with the Manning who played football, I thought <laughs> I got it mixed up with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. I think that's how I got the two screwed up. So I heard, I heard Drew on Sean Stevenson's podcast, uh, Model Health Show, and they were talking about this, this whole weight loss journey that he had. But I kept thinking, gosh, is this the football guy? <laughs> and then fast forward, Drew and I ended up meeting up and having lunch together. And I told him, I was like, I'm such a dork. I thought you were the football guy. <laughs> so I promise I do like football, but I clearly don't know my players very well. So anyways, <laughs> Drew's on the show and he is the New York Times bestselling author of the book, Fit to Fat to Fit. And we'll talk all about what that adventure was like for him. He's best known for his experiment that went viral online about this weight loss journey that he had. And he's been featured on all the major shows like Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The View. He travels probably even more than I do, which is a lot. Um, he also, his experiment has become a hit TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit, and that's airing on A&E. So pretty amazing things. He's also a very devoted father of two little girls and just an all around great guy. So Drew, welcome to Dr. Lowe's show. It's great to have you. Wow. That was such a great, and that was like probably the best <laughs> intro I've ever had. <laughs> And I'll take it as a compliment that you can listen to Pete Manning slash Drew Brees. I'll take it as a compliment. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? But yeah, so not the same dude, but still as cool, if not cooler. And yeah, let's just talk about your your journey. I, I got to hear you on Model Hall show. You had this, you went from like this dude who did this experiment to all of a sudden it going viral. So tell us about that that fit to fat to fit thing. Yeah. So fit to fat to fit was something I did about six years ago where I was this crazy personal trainer who came up with this idea to get fat on purpose um, in hopes to better relate to my clients who were overweight because I grew up my entire life in shape playing football and wrestling, growing up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters, and we were all active. And so for me, being in shape was something that was very easy and simple. And then when I tried to train clients, it was hard for them and I couldn't understand why it was so hard for them. So I was thinking of ideas and this idea of getting fat on purpose, as crazy as that sounds, made sense in my mind. And I felt like it was something, I felt like I was being called to do it. 
And uh, so I did it <laughs> and I gained 75 pounds in six months and it was way harder than I thought it would be. It was so humbling. It became so much more mental and emotional. That's where the, the most valuable lessons were learned were on the mental and emotional side. And that's when it clicked and I realized how much I, I was disconnected and how much I was wrong about my clients thinking it was all physical, eat less, work out, and that's all there is to it. And, uh, but in reality, it's so much more mental and emotional than I ever imagined and so I gained 75 pounds in six months and I lost it again in six months and documented the whole thing. Yes, it went viral. Uh, you know, people wanted to know who this crazy trainer was. <laughs> Real today. <laughs> wow. So six, you said that was six years ago, right? Yeah. Okay. And so let's dive into what did you do to gain the weight? Because it's probably stuff that most people are not most, well, yeah, probably most people. It's kind of the standard American diet, right? But what did you eat? Yeah. So we've all seen Super Size Me and we've all seen, uh, you know, what happened to Morgan Spurlock when he ate McDonald's three times a day for 30 days straight. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on everyday American foods. That a lot of us grew up on that. Sometimes we don't think is that unhealthy for us. And so I ate stuff like, you know, cereal and soda and juices and chips and cookies and crackers and white bread and white pasta and, and all the processed delicious goodness that you can buy at the grocery store. That's cheap. It's convenient. And that tastes really good. I'll be honest with you. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's amazing. Like it so tastes good. so good. I can taste it right now. So it's good. So good. You know, when it touches your lips and yep. Mountain Dew and like all these things that I grew up on in the eighties and we've been taught, you know, it's not that it's low in fat or it's um, all natural or it's fortified with vitamin A and vitamin D. So it must be healthy. Um, but in reality, that's what get, caused me to gain 75 pounds was eating those types of foods every single day for six months and no exercise. Mm-hmm. So tons of calories, not a lot of nutrients, lots of sugar, super processed. And so how did you, how, let me ask, how long did it take for you to start to feel pretty crappy? Yeah. Well, I'll admit in the beginning, it was fun. Like to, oh, yeah. to, to go to the grocery store, skip the produce section, go down <laughs> on the cereal aisle and just pick out any cereal you want and all the soda and, and uh, chips and crackers and cookies. Like there's so yeah, it's much a dream. Fun. It's like being at the Willy Wonka factory. <laughs> just have at it. Exactly. And it was fun. But then about a month into it, I started snoring, which affected my sleep, which affected my mood, which affected my energy levels, which affected my personality. And uh, it was hard to breathe walking up the stairs and bending over and clipping my toenails. I had to hold my breath, which was so weird and foreign to me. I never experienced oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I started developing moobs, which are man boobs, um, a big uh, a big butt and love handles, of course. But I was, I was prepared for the, the physical changes. The mental and emotional changes are what surprised me. Like I freaked out going out in public because I used to be the fit guy and that was part of my identity. And now here I was overweight and I, I, I want to go up to strangers and say, Hey, I'm not really overweight. You guys, this is just a, uh, you know, an experiment. Here's my before picture. Go to this website. It's just, this isn't really me, mm. <laughs> you know? So I kind of freaked out and lost my identity a little bit during the journey. Uh, but it was good for me to go through that, to realize that I am more than my body. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And, and you're more than other people's perceptions. And really it's your idea of what their perception is, right? Yep. It yeah. Stories in our head and that story kind of becomes a reality. And we think that's our truth when in reality mm-hmm. it's not. So one of the things that can happen to a man's physiology, and we've talked about this on the show before of when a man is exposed to a lot of sugar or if he has insulin surges, which clearly was happening a lot while you were gaining all, all the weight that you can actually turn your testosterone into estrogen. And that's what can create the moves, like you said. So and with that, there can be the personality changes, feeling more emotional, more mood swings. So you, you felt those changes for yourself. 
right? Yeah, definitely. Um, very quickly. And it, we don't realize sometimes we look at food as just, oh, this is going to make me gain weight or lose weight, or it's going to affect my physical appearance in this way or that way. But in reality, we don't realize the chain reaction it causes in our bodies with our hormones being off balance and have the chain reaction that causes with our mental, emotional, and spiritual side even, right? We just think, oh, this cheeseburger and french fries and soda is going to make me gain weight, but the salad's going to make me lose weight. But it's, it, food is information for our body, right? It's so much deeper than that. It's not just how it affects our physical physical appearance. Yeah, for sure. We talk a lot about poop on the show. So I'm curious, <laughs> how did your poop... <laughs> How was your poop transformation during this process? Uh, you're like Dr. Oz. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So it, I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't really document that part of it. Uh, you just it blocked was, the whole thing out, right? It's just. <laughs> I had a lot of digestive issues, to be honest with you. Eating that much processed, uh, re, all those refined sugars and processed carbohydrates did a number on my stomach. So yeah. there were days where I had diarrhea. There was days where I was constipated. It was you know, the whole gamut, right? So um, I, it's hard to say exactly how it affected it, but I just know my digestion was, was way off. Yeah. Comfortable. Okay. So you went th- about the six months, gained 75 pounds. You're feeling totally different in your skin. You're having all kinds of emotional feel, you know, ups and downs and really looking at how much you had identified with a certain body frame and really had kind of an identity crisis through it. So then, all right, you, then you decided to lose the weight how was that getting back on track? Was that just jumping on the saddle super easy or did you have to really push through some resistance to do that? The first two weeks were literally hell to go through and I never experienced it, but it was so powerful because I remember my clients telling me, you know, Drew, I just, you know, I tried to give up soda, but it's just too hard. And I gave in or like, I couldn't stop eating this junk food or that junk food, you know, it just was too hard for me. And I couldn't, understand why they just didn't do it like yeah. just keep eating it it's not that hard you just stop, right? like you know it's kind of t- trying to tell a drug addict hey just stop doing drugs it's not that hard you just stop doing it what's wrong with you, right. <laughs> you know? it really is an addiction and so those first two weeks that hell that i went through being moody and grumpy and headaches and feeling terrible even though i was eating healthy here I was this personal trainer experiencing this for the first time and i had only eaten this way for six months imagine eating that way for six years or or, uh, you know, a few decades, like trying to change now all of a sudden is really hard. And the emotional connection to food is so much more powerful than I ever imagined it. And that's why um, it clicked for me. It was good for me to go through that because I realized how hard it was for people to let go of this food they've been eating their whole life. So my body fought back and was going through withdrawal symptoms in a way and getting off of this food. And then after about two weeks, it became more manageable. The cravings were more manageable. But they never really went away completely. It just became easier the more consistent I was over time. Um, but it was it was a very humbling process to go through that. I kind of compare it, you know, in my book, I talk about being on this mountain my entire life at the very top because I was fit my whole life. And then my clients were at the bottom trying to climb up that mountain. And from the top, it seems so easy. Like, hey, just keep going. It's not that hard. It's not that steep. But then for the first time in my life, here I was at the bottom of the mountain looking up. And it was a totally different perspective. And that climb up. Um, was so challenging and so hard for me, but so important to experience for the first time and realize kind of how hard it is for my clients. Not exactly, it's not exactly the same, but for me, yeah. I gained a better understanding, more empathy and more respect. What helped you get through the first couple of weeks? Was it just your the power of your mind? Did you have any anything that you felt like really gave you some support to get through that tougher time? 
Yeah, for me, honestly, it was the accountability to my audience that was following me on this journey. So I had yeah. thousands of people from all over the world that joined me on the journey back to fit. So I knew they were doing this with me. Mm. And that accountability kept me in check when there was moments where I was at the grocery store and I saw some ten, some cinnamon toast crunch and some Mountain Dew and I really mm. wanted it. My body really craved it. But knowing that there was others going through this with me helped motivate me to push through that. And that's why I recommend anybody, no matter what type of lifestyle change they're doing, Having accountability and a support system is vital no matter who you are because you're going to have moments of weakness where you're going to struggle. And if you're just doing it by yourself, no one knows, right? If you eat the food or, or whatever, no one really cares. But if you have accountability partners and a support group that's doing it with you, it helps to motivate you during those moments where you, you want to give in. So necessary. I'm totally one of those people. I need that accountability. And and so, yeah, like even... You know, for you guys listening, maybe you feel like, oh, I'm not really a social media person. I don't really, you know, put myself out there like that. Well, maybe it's time. Maybe if there's a goal you have, you get to put it out there, you know, and and ask people for support. And you'd be surprised how much people love to support. They really, really do. And I I think it's giving people a gift, actually. When you ask people to support you, it's giving them a gift because they want to. So it has them feel important and has them feel like there's something that they can contribute to you. So we all need each other. And, um, just, just a little reminder, you know, get that accountability and, and just notice how much it does help things for you. So let's talk about cravings. Cause you said, you know, you would go to the grocery store, you'd have this craving for cinnamon coast toast crunch or Mountain Dew or whatever. And how can you really trust your cravings though? Cause you, you can also crave things that are good for you. So how have you been able to listen to your body's messages and know what's a good craving or maybe what's a craving for something you, you actually need? Yeah, I can't remember where I heard this, but this was a good definition of defining a craving versus being hungry, right? Because we confuse those two things, a craving versus being hungry. And one of the questions that you ask yourself when in a moment where you're craving something is, okay, is this hunger or is this a craving? So if you ask yourself, am I hungry enough to eat chicken and broccoli? And the answer is yes, then that's probably hungry. But if you're not hungry enough to eat plain chicken and broccoli, most likely that's a, that's just a craving. You're craving something that just is there in front of you and, and triggers something in your brain to want to eat that. So that's, that's a good test to say, okay, am I really hungry? Am, am I willing to eat chicken and broccoli? Or am I just craving something that's sugary, salty, or, or fatty, whatever it is? Right. Or if you're just hot, if you're just thirsty, maybe, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's kind of a good kind of test to see. And, and, and it's worked for a lot of people. So one of the things that I really took away from meeting you face to face was you're just an extremely compassionate person. Like you're very, um, present. You're very, um, you just have a lot of compassion to you. I'm wondering, is this something that you, have you always been like this or did doing this experiment help you to be more compassionate? I think I've, I've kind of always been that way. You know, um, I, I think back as a little kid, I've always been, been, kind of had a soft heart towards people who open up and kind of pour out their heart. And I, I, I don't know, I think for me, I've always been that way, but yeah. this took it to a whole nother level, right? It, it took it to a whole nother level of being able to really empathize with, with people where I wasn't compassionate at the time. Like, why is it so hard for you just to do these things? Like I was, you know, I think that had to do with my sports upbringing, like football and wrestling are so, you know, you get yelled at if you do the wrong thing, like, Hey, just, okay your job that humbles you quick (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and so i had that mentality kind of going into being a personal trainer and so i didn't have that empathy and compassion until i did this and realized how wrong i was and so Mm -hmm. i think this just took it to a whole nother level now as i said in the intro you're 
a daughter of two adorable little, uh, your daughter, your father of two adorable little girls. <laughs> Although it seems like you can play with them on their level sometimes. Maybe you feel like one of the daughters sometimes. Um, but, but you have two adorable little girls and um, anything that you got out of this experience that you felt like helped you better relating to your daughters? Yeah. Um, from this experience, from Fit to Fit specifically, I'm going to say it was a whole lot that helped me be a better dad other than it helped teach me wanting to teach my kids the importance of living a healthy lifestyle, not in a weird kind of um, extremist way where I'm like, okay, they're never touching refined sugar. They're never touching processed carbohydrates. Like I'm not that extreme, but realizing how unhealthy I got in six months, it really scared me to think how quickly your health can go if you just let yourself go. And so it did help me realize the importance of teaching my girls the best I can about living a healthy lifestyle and the why behind it. Instead of saying, hey, just eat your broccoli because I told you to, it's, okay, why do we, why does dad want you to eat vegetables? What's the reason behind it? And making them a part of the process of cooking and grocery shopping so they understand yeah. the, the importance of it rather than just telling them to do it, I think has helped me um, you know, teach them about, about health. But um, that's that's how I would say this specific experience has helped me uh, be a better dad to them. Yeah. And I would also think too, like regarding body image, you know, I mean, us as, as little girls, we just see so many different images of how we're, we think we're supposed to look. And there's just so much attachment to, you know, the whole Kardashian world, right? It's like looking a certain way mm-hmm. and being attached to our value, but you really tackled that head on is that I am not my body. I'm beyond my body. And um, I love that you teach that so much and what you've created with your writing, with your show. Um, so super important, I think for kids to, to get that message. Definitely. Yeah. And I know too, okay. So you said you, you gained the weight and then you, you got it the weight off. So what were some key things you did to help shed the body fat? Um, and obviously doing it in a healthy way. Yeah. So back then, 2011, 2012, <clears throat> um, I was, uh, you know, mostly following a paleo ish diet, but I, what I did the first three days, I focused on nutrition only. I didn't do any exercise. I just changed my nutrition. So about, you know, went from 5,000 calories of processed carbs and delicious food every day, <laughs> all of a sudden, 2,000 calories of real whole food. So I wasn't star- starving myself. And I spread it out over five meals, which is pretty standard. You know, we've, we've been taught, you know, eat every three hours, blah, blah, blah. And it worked. Don't get me wrong. It worked. Like um, those kinds of things helped me. And then as far as exercise goes, I did go back to exercising after a month of just changing my nutrition. But I saw so many great results those first, those first 30 days. I really wanted to hit home to uh, people watching that, you know, nutrition is, is probably the most important part of this whole thing, not just exercise. And wow, so you really didn't dive into exercise for like the first month. You just yeah, really yeah. all I did was walk and stretch every day um, cool. for the first 30 days. And then I just changed my, uh, my, my nutrition. And then I knew I had to get back into the gym if I wanted to get my body back. So I started doing you know, Monday through Friday only about 30 to 40 minutes of working out per day. And that was it. No more. Um, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday were lifting days where I did supersets. So usually two different body groups and I would do them back to back. So I would get my heart rate up. I would get the benefits of resistance training with a little bit of cardio because I would allow myself no breaks in between each set. Um, so that's a great way to help burn fat while, you know, putting on or maintaining lean muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays were cardio days, but it wasn't just, you know, 40 minutes on the treadmill. It was high intensity interval training for 10 minutes, uh, where I would, you know, go at a fast pace or sprint as fast as I could on something and get my heart rate up to high levels and then repeat and then uh, rest for 
uh, you know, maybe 30 to 60 seconds, recover, and then uh, repeat that process for about 10 to 20 minutes. And that right there was kind of my my go-to for helping to, to shed the fat, maintain the lean muscle mass during my the, the last five months. Mm-hmm. That's super doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love it. It's not like super extreme. It's, it's a good system to it. And, and, um, how was that getting back on track with your workouts? Was that harder or easier than you expected? <laughs> it was so humbling to go back. <laughs> First of all, I used to be like, you know, confident wearing like cut off sleeve shirts and right. like, my headphones match my shoes and like feeling good, looking good kind of thing. <laughs> and then it, now here I was just wearing the loosest clothing possible and um, struggling to do push-ups on my knees, things that used to be so easy. I, I lost so much strength during wow. those seven months of no working out um, that it was really, really humbling. But, you know, eventually I did get back to fit to make a long story short, but by no means was it easy. It was very humbling, a lot harder than I thought it would be. In fact, I think that's where people were able to relate to me as they saw how hard it was for me. Yeah. First, if it was easy and I got my six pack back right away, people would be like, oh man, you know, they, they want to see me struggle, right? They wanted yeah. to see, me, and I did, and they really uh, were able to relate to that. And I was able, I was able to better relate to them as well. And it's also, you can train your taste buds too, when it comes to food. Like I'm sure now eating all that stuff probably is not as, I mean, maybe it is as desirable now, but, but I would think it's maybe a little less desirable now because you probably train your taste buds to liking more healthy food now, right? Yeah, your taste buds do change. I remember the food did not taste nearly as good when I first started my journey back to fit. And um, it takes a while, you know, and um, that's one thing I, I needed to learn. Uh, yeah. Well, my clients would tell me that. And that's yeah. why some people struggle with changing their diet is because they're so used to eating a certain way that they're like, oh, this tastes disgusting. But Right. Oh, my gosh. I used to just be such a sugar maniac. And now I can like, you know, I'm sure you see my Instagram stories, like eating sardines out of a can or like, I'm just, I I like the taste of just mushrooms or like, I don't like things that are super sweet, but I, but it's been a process of training my taste buds because I was a sugar monster for a long, long time. So it's very, very possible. Um, I know you also did another challenge where you ate nothing but gluten-free stuff, right? So Mm. tell me about that. Well, a lot of people don't know about that. So I did a mini fit to fat to fit version where a few years ago I did it with gluten-free food so for two months I I still exercised but I ate gluten-free whatever I wanted to because gluten-free has become such a buzzword where people think oh it's gluten-free so it's healthier for me well that's not the case and just because it says gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthier there's gluten-free cupcakes and donuts and breads and pastas and pizzas nowadays it's great for those who who have celiac for every once in a while to have those foods again but people overdo it and they think it's, it's, it's healthy. So I gained 20 pounds and double my body fat percentage in just two months of eating gluten-free foods, even though I was crossfitting three times a week. Um, and the, and then the next two months I ate gluten-free, but it, the right way, the healthy way of eating real whole foods that were gluten-free things that didn't need a label. And I lost the weight and, 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 you know, exercise the same amount three, three days a week doing CrossFit and just to just to educate people and show them like, hey, just because something's labeled gluten-free doesn't mean that it's automatically healthy. There's a right way and a wrong way to do any diet. And so that was just a mini experiment um, of, of a mini fit to it. Love it. And, and you can definitely get moves on a gluten-free diet, <laughs> right? So true. <laughs> totally. So, okay. One of the things that I absolutely loved about what you shared in your journey is so much vulnerability that, that has come out, especially with your podcast recently. Um, so your episode 100. So anyone who hasn't listened to Drew's podcast, definitely check it out. Fit to fat to fit. 
and episode 100. That was my first episode I heard. So I got a real like (laughs) vulnerable, honest, like I got to just really get to know like a little bit of your inner world a bit and things that you had recently experienced. So long story short, Drew recently um, went through a divorce and also a pretty um, public marriage, right? You guys were really out there as a couple together and, um, and sharing a lot of your um, struggles, a lot of your learning experiences and um, and just your journey of really learning to love yourself and staying in your own lane and just being vulnerable. Um, I got so much out of that interview um, because you just, I heard so much courage of just being honest about where things were at for you, the things you guys had gone through together. Um, and, and I think people really needed to hear that. So yeah. tell us a little bit of what you shared on that, on that podcast. And also guys, you definitely need to go and listen to that episode. Cause I think that a lot of times we can think that things we deal with are just us and no one else deals with. And we can there's, there also can be so much shame, um, around comparing ourselves to others or what we think we're supposed to be like. And, and we just create our own personal hell for ourselves a lot of times. So, um, I think that it's really important just to be vulnerable and honest about struggles that we have. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to open up about it. So just, you know, first things first, it would be way better for if you're listening to this and you're curious, go listen to episode 100 on my podcast. It's called the fit to fat to fit experience. It's on iTunes. You can find it anywhere. Just Google it. Uh, but I wanted to open up about it because it was, it was good for my own personal growth. I needed it for myself to be able to talk about these things. Cause I grew up, in a very shame-based uh, culture um, with my upbringing and uh, didn't know how to talk about things that I was ashamed of, like weaknesses that I had or assumed I had. And so I just decided to hide it uh, from everybody, including my ex-wife. And that caused so many issues, not knowing about vulnerability and looking at it as weakness my entire life. You know, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about your emotions. You don't talk about your weaknesses. Like that's looked down upon. Like no one wants to hear that. Um, and it wasn't until just a few years ago, I met this life coach. She's awesome. She changed my life, helped me learn to love myself and forgive myself from, from the past and letting go of that story that I was telling myself of, I, you know, I'm a failure. Uh, I'm a screw up and, um, you know, you, you'll never be loved. You're not, you'll never be worthy of love. Those are the stories I kind of told myself because in the podcast episode, you'll hear me open up about, uh, my affair and growing up, you know, being addicted to porn and how that affected me and, and all the shame and guilt around those things. I know these are very sensitive topics for, for certain people and, and maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable, but you wouldn't believe how many people I had to reach out to me afterwards, both men and women that were just uh, so uh, positive and uh, showing their support because it does need to be talked about more, especially men. We don't know how to talk about these things. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, if we can talk about it more and, and embrace vulnerability as a strength, finally, It'll be so much better for us, for everybody else. Um, and it's not as scary as we make it out to be in our minds. So now that I've opened up and talked about it, and I can talk about it on this podcast with you, Lauren. You know, like it's not yeah. a big deal to me. Um, it, the, the, the more you talk about shameful things that, that used to bring you shame, the less power shame has over you. And I've learned that from reading Brene Brown's books like Daring Greatly and Rising Strong, which have changed my life as well. And another book, Loving What Is. Uh, these books have really helped shape me into who I am today to own my story and not being afraid to talk about it in, in hopes to help other men other or, or women that have struggled with these same things and not knowing how to to talk about it and knowing that it does get better over time. Like you don't have to define yourself by your past. Uh, we get to recreate our story. We have the power to create our story 
um, whatever we want it to be. And we don't have to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that means anything about you, you know, it's like things happen and then we make it mean something about yeah. us and about the world. And then we just continually confirm that story. And that's, yeah. those are the lenses we wear and we see the world in that way. And it's like getting freedom around that is so powerful to be able to, Oh, I can actually create a new story. Maybe the world isn't the way that I thought it was, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've recently been working with the same life coach, but, um, <laughs> she's, she's awesome. And I think, you know, if you guys are dealing with anything around the area of shame or maybe looking at your current life experience and feeling like it shouldn't be like this, or it, I expected my life to look like this. And now it's, you know, it's, it's this way and that's not okay. And, and feeling that sense of feeling unsettled, um, or beating yourself up about something that you feel like you should be doing better at or whatever. It's like, getting some, um, perspective shifts around that and really, truly loving what is, I I love, um, that you mentioned that book by Byron Katie. So highly recommend that for you guys just to get some freedom around it all. Because, you know, I think 99% of our struggles are (laughs) self-created. Yes. (laughs) Really? We we put ourselves through more hell than we actually really go through. Right. So it's all in our, you know, all in our mind. We suffer a thousand times over and over again for one mistake you know, we're the only species to do that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like an auto repeat that we just keep playing over and over again. And, um, and, and just beliefs that maybe aren't, aren't true. A lot of our beliefs just are not true. If we just really look at it, like, is this really true? Can I know for sure that this is true? (laughs) All those powerful (laughs) questions. Yeah. Um, what are you, what are you excited about now? What's, what's on the horizon for you? What are you creating now in your life and your world? What's, yeah. Uh, what's juicing you up? So a couple of things like one is, you know, the business side of stuff, you know, really is going really well for me. Um, my online business. So keto is a big thing. People know me as the keto guy. I went on Dr. Oz a couple summers ago talking about the ketogenic diet. And so I created like an online program for people that want to learn how to do keto, which is just blown up in popularity. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's always fun, but you know, I'm still out there doing public speaking for corporations or, um, you know, universities or schools will hire me to come speak. That's what I love. I'm very passionate about doing that, meeting people one-on-one in person. I have a Fit to Fit cruise coming up in October uh, where I get to meet people on a cruise and have some fun, but also, you know, we'll be exercising every day and keeping it somewhat healthy, you know, good balance. Are there still <laughs> spots in that cruise or is that there sort are of? still spots in that cruise if you okay. want to come with us. How do, people, how do people do it? Is it on the fit to fat to fitcom uh, fit to fat to fit cruisecom Okay. Cool. Where are you guys going? Where's the cruise? October 23rd through 27th. We leave out of Miami. We go to Nassau, Key West, and Coco Cay Beach, I believe. And so four-day cruise. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be doing some health and fitness seminars, a workout, meditation, yoga every day, and then obviously some fun excursions as well. And healthy food. Yes. Healthy food. Yep. All the country says what's keto approved. And you know, there's some things that will be non keto that we're going to experiment with too. So uh, it'll be a good balance. Right. Um, like I said, and so I have that coming up in October season two, the TV show comes out in January of 2018 and it's going to be on lifetime instead of A&E lifetime is owned by A&E, but they, they switched it over to lifetime instead because it's more of a female demographic and more women tend to watch weight loss shows. So it's just, 
you know, all strategy. Just don't eat ice cream and cookies while you're watching it. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what was I going to ask you? How would you, we've done a little bit on keto before we had uh, Jimmy Moore on the show and, um, yeah. it's been a little bit. How would you explain keto to a three-year-old? Very basic. Um, oh shoot for a three-year-old. Dang, that's really <laughs> Five-year-old. <hard. laughs> Okay, no, uh, no sippy cups with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're taking it too literal. You're a dad of yes. young children. So. Okay, I was taking it too literal. So basically, in a nutshell, it's a high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet. So 70% of your calories are coming from fat, 25% from protein, 5% from carbs. And what it does is it allows your body to use its own fat as fuel. So you're using fat as fuel instead of sugar or glucose as fuel. Uh, carbohydrates get turned into sugar in our bodies and that's what we use as energy and we are constantly having to replenish those like you know every two to three hours but with keto you can go longer periods of time and live off your own fat stores Um, and it's your body's natural backup mechanism to help our species survive so if you stopped eating today you wouldn't die right you could go a month or two or longer depending on how much how much fat you have and live off of your fat for a long period of time and it's our body's natural mechanism to help us survive because you know it wasn't until maybe the last hundred years we had access access to food on demand and you know grocery stores and eating three square meals a day you know our, our ancestors went through phases of feast and famine and so it's natural sometimes to go without food and tap into a state of ketosis and use our own fat as energy and you you'll see your brain is so much more efficient your digestion is so much better um, th- there's a lot of therapeutic applications neuroprotective benefits for your brain things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and e- even certain forms of cancer uh, there's so much new research being done on the keto diet it's not just about weight loss or fat loss even though okay. that's sec- the sexy term for you know yeah. <laughs> so what's let's jump into like a, a day in the life of Drew um, what would that look like in terms of your foods yeah. So it depends. Like, um, you know, generally some days I'll wake up and I'll have uh, bulletproof coffee. So that's usually MCT oil or grass fed butter or coconut oil in my coffee. And I blend it up with some cinnamon and some turmeric and some stevia and that's my, my breakfast. And then for lunch, you know, I'll probably throw a few eggs, uh, on the skillet with, uh, like a tablespoon or two of grass fed butter with some spinach and cauliflower. And, uh, I'll have sardines on the side. Um, and then for dinner, maybe a couple of grass fed burgers with, uh, bacon and avocado, obviously no fries. Um, but then I'll saute all my vegetables in some type of like uh, duck fat, which is what I've been using recently, which tastes amazing. Or I'll just use ghee or grass fed butter. Um, just sauteing your, your vegetables and your meats in some type of fat to bump up your fats. And uh, that's like a typical day. I only eat, you know, twice a day, mostly sometimes one time a day. And uh, I'm, I don't lose my muscle mass. I don't lose my, my performance in the gym. It's still good. So mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I, I actually recommend keto and intermittent fasting quite a bit to patients. I, I tend to find that for women, sometimes they need to do maybe a, a meal or two per week, a little higher on the carbs, especially if there's any thyroid or adrenal issues. Yeah. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, most people do pretty dang, pretty dang well with it and helping so much with, um, you know, metabolism and especially sugar cravings. It really does help with sugar cravings quite a bit, huh? Yeah, definitely because you're putting out the sugar completely. And here's the thing, there's the transition where people sometimes experience the keto flu. You just got to be patient with yourself, give yourself a good couple weeks of staying consistent. Yeah. Then shifting over to ketones as your energy source, your body will become more efficient. But don't judge it off the first few days because your body's been eating off glucose your entire life. And now you're saying, okay, no more glucose. Here's, you got to make ketones and learn how to use those 
at first it's going to be a rough transition for some people, but just be patient. And I find sometimes for women, they'll, they'll do full keto and do it for like, you know, two, three months and they'll feel amazing and really great results. And then they'll kind of start to feel a little bit of thyroid or adrenal symptoms. We'll add in a little bit of carbs once or twice a week. And it usually really takes care of that. So, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of ways to do it. So mm-hmm. good experiment with your body to find what works best for you. Yeah. I remember back in the day I did a, a water fast for 10 days, <laughs> just water. And, and my body was living on ketones for fuel and I yeah. had so much clarity. Yeah. I didn't have to, I mean, I only needed like six hours of sleep cause I was so energized and I was remembering stuff that I hadn't remembered in years. It was just amazing what happens when our, we're not bogged down with digesting all the time. You know, our yeah. brain really can, can get so much more power. So I yeah, love it. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, Drew, anything else we haven't chatted about that you would love to touch on any parting words for our listeners? Yeah. Just, you know, one thing that I try and teach people is just learn to love yourself during the journey. You know, life's too slow to wait until you look a certain way or get a certain, you know, waist size or whatever to start loving yourself. Like if you can truly learn to love yourself now while you're working on a better version of yourself, life will be so much more fulfilling and, you know, I love this quote by Tony Robbins and I try and remember all the time that success without fulfill- fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So you could be super successful in your life with so many things, uh, you know, money, wealth, fame, um, you know, have it all. If you're not fulfilled, then it doesn't matter. Even if you have the perfect body, there's so many people in the fitness industry that have perfect bodies, you know, quote unquote, perfect bodies. And um, they're just not fulfilled. Why not? Because it, that doesn't bring them fulfillment. So looking a certain way doesn't, you know, isn't, shouldn't be the most important thing in our life because that's not what brings you happiness. It's not these outside sources of happiness. Uh, You create your own happiness every single day. You get to choose whether or not you're happy every single day, no matter what your circumstances are. So learn to love yourself now rather than once X, Y, or Z happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. hundred percent. Love it, Drew. Thank you so much for being my guest. And I just want to acknowledge you for the work you're doing in the world. It is such a positive message that you're sharing and so needed, um, for people. I mean, just, just even the, the vulnerability piece is just so important and just acknowledging you for having the courage to do that and be, be honest, be bold and just put it out there. I think, um, I know that it was like a little nerve wracking at first, but seeing on the other side of it, how much that's helped people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's been very confirming for you. So, um, so yeah, thank you for all the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. I appreciate it, Lauren, for having me on and I appreciate you. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for a fun and real and vulnerable conversation. I think these are things that we need to talk about more about what's really going on in our real lives. And it's not what is always put out there on social media and on Instagram and our um, representation of what we want people to see. It's all about being real, having real conversations and just being vulnerable Um, I'm reading this book right now by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, and it's really bringing up a lot for me to look at the area of shame and vulnerability and, um, and just how pervasive it is in our culture. So I think it's a conversation that we really need to have more. Um, and you know, kudos to Drew for having the courage to go through what he did and to be real and talk about it. Um, cause how often is it that people, especially men are, are real about, um, you know, vulnerability and, and emotional things. So I think that it's um, great to have this conversation more brought to the forefront and, and you guys listening, I just encourage you to be real about how you're feeling, share your heart more. That's, that's my main thing I can say is share your heart more. 
and know that you are perfect, whole and complete, exactly as you are right now. There's really nothing to change. It's just really about shedding all the crap and all the lies that we tell about ourselves. And um, and that's just conditioning. So, you know, love more, share your heart, and just be childlike. That's what I got for you. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon. Get ready for hard work, for high expectations, for high fives. For you've got this. For I did it. For you're hired. You've got it in you. Now let us bring it out of you. If you're as serious about your success as we are, bring it. Visit rmu.edu today. Robert Morris University. Get ready.